0: American, you're professing to be a Christian. Edgy. Well, of course, as American citizens, what we want is accountable leadership. Provocative. Provocative. Why don't we throw in a constitution so they know what's in there? Get engaged in the political process. Honest. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. The church needs to rise, rise. The Monica, Matthew, Monica show. Matthew Show. Welcome back to the Monica Matthew Show. Today is Hump Day. If you listen to my show from yesterday, you'll notice that I've had two Hump Days this week. <laughs> It does happen. So much going on. It's easy to get my days confused. But today is hump, 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 Wednesday day. Ah, uh, yes, it's been nearly 24 hours since Biden made his choice and Kamala Harris. I know Stacey Abrams is the big joke, along with my mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms. I don't really claim her as my mayor, but I have to, technically, I guess. Uh, two women who happened to be black who thought, mm, we've made the short list, but they didn't. I think Stacey's still trying to give up the reins to the gubernatorial, right to the governorship, rather, of, um yeah, of just a few years ago. Stacey's still a little bitter about that. I wonder how much money Stacey's actually made since that gubernatorial. Stacey's like the queen of, and I don't use that term lightly, she's like the queen of... Hmm, I lost. Let's set up another 501c4 or a 501c3. You know, with C4s, you don't have to disclose a lot of financial donors and good little ditties like that. Uh, Although it has been revealed that George Soros' son, Alex, contributed well over $60,000 to Stacey's gubernatorial campaign. So, yes, he is involved as well as with Miss Kamala. Harris. He is involved with her as well. The Soroses have a vested interest in taking the country down. So listen, in the state of Georgia, a couple of things for those of you who live in my state. Um, Evictions are now back on the books. They're on the move. Your stay of eviction execution is over. It has been canceled That order has been canceled, and so check this out as to how many evictions happen in just 24 hours, have been filed, rather. I'd love to hear from you guys around the country to see, is this affecting you? Is this affecting your family, anyone you know, your friends, your loved ones? Um, What's going on in your state with regard to evictions? But this is what's happening here in a county called Chatham County in Georgia. Check this out
1: yeah this i don't like telling this story but we're going to look for solutions as well Uh, evictions are moving all over the state but this one stands out in particular according to georgia legal services what is happening in chatham county right now is happening statewide or if it's not in your county it is about to Let's look, in Chatham, yesterday, there were 90 orders to evict with the Sheriff's Office. Almost 400 headed through the Sheriff's Office. Another 500 is backlogged. One county, what do we have 159 counties? So you do the math on that one. The White House made an announcement on Saturday through an executive order. It's called Fighting the Spread of COVID-19 by Providing Assistance to Renters and Homeowners. So a lot of people felt like this was an extension of the CARES Act evictions moratorium. They were getting a break. Folks, it is not. What it does, it recognizes the evictions tsunami that's coming. Elizabeth Maine is an attorney with Georgia Legal Services. She says she got a lot of phone calls from folks thinking, oh, great. I still have some breathing room. I'm going to reiterate, you do not.
0: Okay, that is super scary. Okay, I want you to think about that from wherever you are in the country. Like, is this you? Could you be facing this? We've already thrown roughly $6 trillion at this virus. Now, at what point does someone stop the madness and in the hemorrhaging economically and socially and say, okay, enough, it is no longer a pandemic? We have numbers that people cannot even validate. You have the World Health Organization, who we are no longer associating with, according to the president, They are on the blacklist of organizations that we're going to get trusted information from, right? Yet we still have Dr. Death, Dr. Fauci, speaking into microphones across the country, scaring the hell out of people. Numbers cannot be corroborated. The CDC's numbers are off. People's numbers are off. One minute a governor of a state is positive, the next minute he's negative, then he's positive. I mean, what is going on? So at some point, someone in the Trump administration has to say, President, President Trump, it's time for us to roll back the pandemic terminology because there are dollar signs that are attributed to a pandemic. And considering how the rest of the world is doing right now with regard to this pandemic, it, in my humble opinion, should no longer qualify as a pandemic. You may have a quasi-epidemic on your hands, but there's too much willy-nilly, and some of you think all of this is going to magically go away, and you're counting on that uh, the day after the election. I'm telling you, I think your major cities are going to burn the day, uh, the night of the election, if we even have actual, you know, a head count by then, if we can actually tally our votes, you know, before... You know, a month after the election, that'll be a miracle in and of itself. But I think what you're going to see is just massive unrest, because I do believe that it's a joke that Kamala Harris and Biden think for two seconds that other than stealing this election, would they ever stand a snowball chance in hell of uh, occupying, which is exactly what they would do, uh, occupy because the Democrats do that so much better than Republicans, by the way, occupying. You know, the church is actually called to occupy their territory. We don't even know what that means as the church. We're so busy apologizing for whatever skin color we have and apologizing for excellence that God's made all of us with, our uniqueness that God created all of us to have. We're apologizing for that. We feel bad. We feel guilty. we got to repair it. We buy into that crap. My white neighbors, who are multi millionaires put up Black Lives Matter signs in their lawns as if that's going to save their house from burning. Or being looted or them being harassed. We love everybody. Everybody in this house loves everybody. And I'm like, hmm, okay, really? Anyway, that's a whole other show. But the church, you know, the world is lying and the church is swearing to it. That's what's happening. And it bugs me as a member of the body. Of Christ. And I got to tell you, I hear from you guys on the regular and how dismayed you are and disappointed that you do go to church and you do have one of these pastors who's attempting to tell you that you should feel bad about who you are and what you are if you're white, if you're anything other than black or brown or Hispanic or however they quantify, qualify people now. And I'm telling you now, if you're part of that church, you might want to reconsider whether or not the Lord's calling you to stay in that church. Because the bottom line is Christ's blood is either enough or it ain't pretty simple. So he either paid for slavery on that cross or he didn't. And that was slavery of the past. That was slavery of the past, past slavery of the present, slavery of the future. I mean, it's either atoning, one for all, all for one. Like it's either that or nothing. It's that or bust. Shut your church doors. If you can't preach that and know it and own it, you're not, you're not one of us, whatever you're preaching is heresy. It is not truth. It is not right. It is leading people over cliffs. It is leading this country over a cliff. Someone's got to grow up. Someone has got to stand up and say, enough, we're done. And it would be great if the church would do that, which is why in my trailer, it says the church needs to rise, right? Because we do. Where, where are you? Where is she? I'll tell you where she is. She's in the bed with the world. That's where we are. Sad but true. So how many of you are going to be faced with eviction or know someone who is? That's what's happening in the state of Georgia. And I have to tell you, I have friends who have not been paid rent since uh, February. And thankfully, they have the means to maintain two households or three or four for that matter. Um, But two Um, one, and they have, they own various rental properties and their renters have not paid since February. Well, the mortgage has to be paid. These homes are not, uh, debt clear. They're not lien free. And so who's paying that? So now, and no one ever really sides with the landlord in the state of Georgia. So, you know, they're looking at this going, Hmm, we've tried everything, but shutting the water off and, you know, smoking them out of the house. And that might be what it comes to. Well, let me ask you something. Where do all these people go? Where are they going? Under bridges? We kind of jokingly laughed my boyfriend and I were coming back from the gym the other day. They're putting up a massive overpass that they should have done moons ago, but nevertheless, um and there's like an underpass now, right? That you know the the under the bridge where in the city of Atlanta, it has become like the homeless shelter. So I'm like, "Wow, I wonder how many dudes who are in tent city like in downtown Know that this bridge is almost finished, and they'll have a new condo, you know. And it and it, and that's what happens whenever we get fed up with people not giving a damn and not allocating money to the to HUD and to programs that they're supposed to. And actually, in the city of Atlanta, Dr. Ben Carson, uh, the Secretary of HUD, calling our city to say, "Hey, by the way, we're taking those funds back because you didn't allocate them to the extent that you were supposed to." By the way, where is that money? Right. While the rest of us get to walk around with defecation on the streets. Grocery carts stolen on the streets. You know, I've I've witnessed dudes swatting at demons and flies walking down the streets with their butts, you know, just pants on the ground, cracks showing, crazy, look like demoniacs who have just literally escaped from uh, who knows where, uh, Home Depot with a grocery cart with wood planks because they're going to build something under a local bridge. I mean, this is an ecosystem. Homeless people are not stupid. So they go wherever that, you know, my boyfriend's like, well, I don't know that I'd actually live under an underpass. I was like, well, of course you would, because there's shelter under there from, from the elements, uh, you know, we have tornadoes that come through here. I mean, you, you know, it's cold. You can hide up in the little nook of the, of the underpass. Yeah. I mean, it's the perfect solution if you're nuts enough to stay in the state of Georgia, uh, and, and be homeless. I mean, why wouldn't you go to Florida? I've always wondered about that. I mean, even in Los Angeles, they have a rainy season. It gets cold. And you see what's happening out there, San Francisco. It's nuts. It Washington, D.C. I mean, look what Democrats are doing to your major urban hubs and ask yourself, do you really think that the majority of the American people want a Biden and Kamala Harris ticket? The poor man likely has to have help sealing his dentures into the roof of his mouth in between feedings and someone reminding him, Jill, of where he is. But he's going to debate or not, probably not. And he's going to be elected as the president of the free, freest country on earth, at least in theory at this point. Another statue of Christopher Columbus coming down in Philadelphia, nevertheless. Get you some of that. I mean, when I tweeted today, for those of you who are waiting for President Trump to save the nation, you are foolish because it's not up to President Trump to save the nation. But it is up to us to stand for our nation. And by electing him certainly helps for another four years for sure. But President Trump is not going to save the nation that's already hit the iceberg. And and why do I say that? Monuments don't really, it's not even about the the stone. It's not about the monument itself for me. It's about what the monument represents. Just like with people who are like, you know, they're all upset because the Ten Commandments were taken down out of your city halls. They were taken out of schools. You know, uh, separation of church and state. That whole craziness, uh, which we all know is not how that's to be translated. Nevertheless, many of you are very upset about that because of what it stands for, that it's, it's the foundational principles of the country, constitutionally speaking. Judeo-Christian principles, according to most of our history books, at least if you're in my generation or older, right? So it was, the, it was the principle of the matter. And for me, it's the principle of the matter. What you do is you begin to erase the identity of the nation Because as you see with the black culture right now, when there's not an identity, when you do not have a lineage, when you do not have your own clan, C-L-A-N, that you can align with, your own tribe, that you can trace back, and you refuse your spiritual lineage as a son or daughter of the Most High God who's already created you equal, who already sent his son here, like I said at the beginning of the show, to appropriate his blood for the sin of the white man, the green man, the yellow man, the pink man, the purple man, you know, the woman, whatever. All, the black man, might I remind you. Thank you, Kamala Harris. Some of you think we're being petty for bringing this up, but her family, you know, slave owners. Okay, that that is a, and the only reason I bring it up is because it's something that, you know, the blacks are capitalizing on right now. Uh, ad nauseum uh, on the democrat side of the ticket and independence for that matter and people who could not give two rats behinds about politics are are just running through the fields you know crazy i can't even say that just think about it. i thought about what i just said and i'm like wow i meant like the fields of america right but you do realize that we've now been so conditioned that you can't say certain words. A friend of mine came over for dinner last night and he's running for office and he was telling us about this bill that the awful trio up there. Can you believe Ilhan Omar has kept her seat? Can you believe Rashid Tlaib is keeping her seat? Can you believe that AOC is keeping her seat? I mean, when I say President Trump can't save the country because we're busy dismantling our foundation. I mean that. You know why I believe that? Because I look at places like Minnesota, New York, Michigan, and they keep voting for the same trashy, ratchet, wicked people. And what does that tell you? California's the same thing. Nancy Pelosi should have been out of there. We finally got rid of one of our own just last night. Paul Howard defeated. Goodbye. See ya. District Attorney of Fulton County, of course you've heard of him. Because our Wendy's burned down here, a little eight-year-old baby was shot dead because of it. We had an all-black zone right here in the city of Atlanta that our mayor didn't do a damn thing about, do anything about. Our governor finally had to step in on that as well. She finally released APD to do something. You know, but whites weren't allowed. It was the no-white zone down in Atlanta. I mean, go figure. Uh, Rayshard Brooks, according to the left mainstream media, he was murdered. For sleeping in his car. And Donna Brazil on Fox, whatever that is about. Um, he was sleeping in his car. He was drunk, poor guy. Should have just drove him home. You're right, because I can I can I can see it now with someone pulling me over, uh, with a DUI or finding me in a parking lot drunk in my car. They're just gonna offer me a free ride home as the police officer who, you know, stumbles upon my car. Uh no, negative. Wouldn't happen for me and I'm white. And I'm certainly not planning on running from the cops or stealing their taser and shooting them in the eye with it, which is exactly what happened with Rayshard Brooks. Felon, convicted felon who knew he was going to go back because he was out on parole. So of course, what does he do? He premeditates for like an hour of sitting there negotiating with the police, trying to be nice, you know, them deescalating, and finally they're like, "Okay, buddy, time to you know put on the cuffs. We got to go to jail." And he's like, "Oh, I ain't going to jail," and takes off, grabs the grabs the taser, which Paul Howard had just told us a couple of weeks before, due to Ahmad Arbery's case, who uh, who was, um I believe, somebody was using a uh, stun gun on him, a taser rather, and um, he was like, "This is a de- that's a deadly weapon. You can't use a taser on somebody, that's a deadly weapon, unless you're losing. you're using it on a law enforcement officer. Then it's not a deadly weapon. This was our district attorney in Fulton County who has had more criminal gang cases come through his office than any one person should have to look at in a lifetime, and I want you to ask me how many of them have been prosecuted. It's abysmal. And we have the toughest gang statute in the country, in the state of Georgia. And it is so underutilized, it would make you puke. You would shake your head and you would understand that we are in a race war. Because that's what it's about. It is about letting little black boys out because they didn't have a daddy. They didn't have a chance. They came from slavery and they, and they don't have opportunity. And we just got to keep giving them a chance 30 times out. You know, talk about a caste system, Oprah. Can you imagine? You've got Oprah Winfrey promoting a book about the caste system of America. A multi-billionaire literally shuts down any form of commenting on her posts. You can't comment on her threads. I love it, and no one else is allowed to be on her magazine covers but her. There's nothing sociopathic about that whatsoever, um, except for Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor was just on her uh, magazine cover this month. Other than that, she has never allowed someone else on her magazine cover. She's going to sanctimoniously dictate to us uh, what the caste system of America is all about. That should be interesting. Back to Paul Howard. He's out of here. He was defeated by his opponent, Fonnie. Uh, her name just, just gave me. She was. Uh, she totally blew it out of the water last night. Fonnie Willis, thank you. Totally blew him out of the water. So he's out of here, shut down after over 20 years in the DA's office of just one train wreck after another. So there's justice. I do remind people that we're still dealing with a Democrat. Hopefully this young lady will take her job seriously and not bring partisanship into it and do what it takes to keep the citizens of Fulton County safe. That would be amazing. You want to rehabilitate people? Get them before they're six years old. Before they get into a gang. Because once they're into the gang. They're in the gangs. And they're bad. It's not good. As you well know. As you can imagine. So. Here we are America. I mean it's. A never ending saga. Of what's. Coming down the pike. Tomorrow. And some of you. Are so. um, Calloused by everything that you see, that you hear, that you read. You you just, you don't know, you don't know what to think anymore. And you're tired. How do I know? Because you reach out to me and you want to talk about it. So what are we going to do about it? Are we going to show up? Certainly hope so. Speaking of Georgians, all right, so one Georgian who's made national headlines. Some people think we have our very own uh, Rashid Talib Right here, some of you may recall, whenever Rashid was elected the first time, she came in during her acceptance speech and said, awesome, now we're going to go let's impeach the mother blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yep, because she's not trashy at all. Uh, that was what she had to say about President Trump and um, and uh, you know what she was planning to do to get him the hell out of office, right? Well, now in the state of Georgia, we have a young lady by the name of Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie uh, beat her opponent last evening in a runoff, Dr. John Cowan. Dr. John Cowan was a neurosurgeon. He's also a small business owner, successful, uh, lovely wife, lovely lovely family. Uh, inevitably, he became known as the establishment-type candidate. So the establishment of the GOP rallied around him, uh, and they shunned Marjorie Green because of her guerrilla warfare tactics with her campaign, as well as saying things that they didn't agree with, that most American citizens, if they're honest, uh, who can actually see what's happening, they have actually murmured to themselves in their heart and their head. Maybe they haven't said it out loud, but there are several things that she's been busted um, for saying. So this was um, th- this was part of her acceptance speech when she said... <laughs> Uh, I think she tweeted this. Nancy Pelosi impeached at real Donald Trump. She put our country through hell with the Russian collusion conspiracy. Uh, She's a hypocrite. She's anti-American. And we're going to kick that bitch out of Congress. Retweet and donate below to help make this happen. And uh, yeah, so she does have a Democrat opponent, of which I have no doubt she will defeat, especially in this 14th congressional district. Some of you in the state of Georgia may remember that Marjorie was initially running for the 6th congressional district, of which now Karen Handel is, is, back, is uh, back jockeying for that seat to take that away from do-nothing Lucy McBath. So loose other than try to take our guns away. So Lucy McBath was put up by Michael uh, Bloomberg and associates and gang and clan and all and Soros and the rest of them. So uh, these guys were so tactical. This is the thing, folks. We underestimate our opponent whenever it comes to those who want to take the country down. And I'm reluctant to keep saying Democrats, 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 because I have really cool friends who are Democrats and I love them. And we've agreed that we're not going to allow President Trump or anyone else come in between our relationship, although that has been really hard sometimes because I see some of the things they agree with and I go, okay, I know you think I'm a Trumpkin, I'm a Trump cultist, whatever, which I'm not. Um, I would not follow the president over a cliff. I just wouldn't do it. Some people would. I would not do that. That's just not my nature. Uh, but some people believe that any Trump supporter would do that. Well, so my Democrat friends, you know, we, we, we try to um, separate, you know, partisanship from our love for one another. But I will say this. They're very tactical. They're very strategic. Whatever's coming four years from now is all already in the making. as Republicans, we are extremely um, defensive. Democrats are constantly running offense. they just do that's how they operate, and that's how they get ahead and they do Im- implement Solinsky's rules for radicals that's exactly how they get over on us and we spend so much time and so much effort and energy reacting two Democrats. We are always behind the time. You know why? It's because, again, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. I think most of us, and I say it a lot because it's true. I think most of us on the right are so appalled by some of the things that we see that we go, that can't be real. Someone cannot honestly hate the country, children, the God, the church, freedom, capitalism enough to side with the lun life with the lunacy of the left. Seriously. Like we just can't even believe that there are people who agree with it. Because it's so far removed from our own soul and psyche, thank God. And what we need to be doing is praying for our brothers and sisters in this country to actually be enlightened and come around. That's what we need to be doing while we're defeating those people outside of this country who have infiltrated the country to take us down by disenfranchised people who are sheep without a pasture to graze in, who have no shepherd whatsoever, like most of the church, by the way. But they're tactical. So Bloomberg and Klan put together a little organization of moms. Like, mm, probably 10 years ago. I mean, when I tell you that they're tactical, I'm telling you. The stuff that comes, it catches us by surprise. But they've been working, you know. I mean, they're like little elves working constantly day and night to undermine Antifa. I mean, how do you think these people show up in droves They're They're activated because they've already been put in place all of this. Yeah. Anyway, wake from our slumber American patriots. So Bloomberg puts together a group of mamas who have been adversely affected by guns, whether their children have been killed, which is usually the case. So these moms are pissed. These are like, The mad mothers against drunk driving, right? That's who these guys are. But this is for guns. So they put these groups of people together and what they're doing is utilizing this group, these groups around the country, but it's a big damn group started out as 50 people. They're up to like 10,000 strong. Okay. And they start using it as a vetting field for candidates. We are so busy Tearing at people like Marjorie Green as a part oh I would have never said that. We, we we can't be affiliated with what she said about Sharia. We we can't we can't be affiliated with what she said about well there's white trash too. We can- what? Our hold on, let me get the Windex from our glass house. We're the GOP, we're above that. People I respect came out in droves to take her out. And let me tell you something. Miss Green and I have our own personal differences. I have been extraordinarily public and vocal in my state about my disdain for the tactics of her campaign. It has been no secret, but primarily because we had a major rift over the funeral of a very, very, Close friend of mine from high school. And it was awful what happened or what was presumed to have happened or whatever. And she came after one of my friends who is a state senator who can almost do no wrong, although I know he can. But I love him. I love his wife. I love his kids. You come after one of mine. And I know you're, I know that you're doing a character hit on one of my friends and it's wrong and it's political, I'm taking you out. I'm going to get on my microphone and I'm going to take you out. And that's exactly what I did. So we have had our moments, but I'm going to tell you something. I reached out to her when I was fired and people thought I was fired because of the way my station set it up a couple of weeks after I was fired as if I was some kind of a bigot. And I took so much heat for something I didn't even do. I took. I saw people turn on me that I was blown away, blown away. And it hurt, I'm not going to lie. It was very hurtful. And it has caused me a lot of grief. And it has caused me issues in my career that I will overcome. But it was wrong. It was absolutely wrong and it assassinated my character and it hurt because it came from people who know better. And so when I saw this happening to Marjorie Green, I texted her and I said, "Wow. Um, it's amazing. Why do you think they're turning on you, you know, like this?" And we exchanged a few text messages. I still was not in support of her campaign. I never express my support. I actually, I did. I expressed my support for a gentleman by the name of Kevin cook, who I thought would have been good for that seat. Uh, but he was knocked out of the running, you know, early on, uh, sadly did not garner nearly the votes that he, I thought he would. Um, and largely considered establishment by most here in the state of Georgia. But Dr. Cowan was someone who's, you know, poured a lot into his community uh, he's in good community standing by most people's standards, by others. He is just as rotten as the rest of them. Uh, I've heard it all. Believe me, people call me and send me information and tidbits that would just rock your world. Um, and I don't tend to get involved in certain races to a certain point uh, until I'm dealing with a Republican and a Democrat. I'm going to tell you something. Lucy McBath was put in that sixth congressional district by Bloomberg. And they have spent an extraordinarily amount of money to flip that seat. They're doing the same thing right now with John Ossoff, trying to take over our Senate seat from David Perdue. This is how they roll. And they are 10 years ahead of us. And so when I saw the GOP go after Marjorie because she bailed out of the the 6th Senate District because she saw that, that, I'm I'm sorry, the 6th Congressional District, because she felt that that wasn't her crowd. She was not going to win those people over because she's not a moderate. She is exactly who she says she is. Lover or hater, that's who she is. And I understand that because that's how people treat me. <laughs> that's how they see me. Love me or hate me, I am exactly who I am. <laughs> so although I'm growing every day, thankfully. And as my former late pastor used to say, we're all only operating at our highest level of ignorance on any given day, at any given point in time. And I own that fully. So humility pays. But um, like I always say, I'm not an expert in anything but my life. Amen. So Marjorie has taken a lot of heat from the GOP, the grand old party, and they're coming after her for being a QAnon, um, you know, they think she's a big conspiracy theorist, they're going to try to spin it as if, you know, the, look, oh, look what Georgia did, and you know, you guys are nuts down there, she bailed out of the 6th, moved over to the 14th, and apparently she's found her crowd, and overwhelmingly kicked tail uh, in this runoff. So I have no doubt that she will be headed to Congress. I have to say I was a little disappointed uh, by that tweet because what it does is it aligns us with the likes of a Rashid Talib, who is about as trashy of a human being as you're going to come across. It is astounding to me that Ilhan Omar is still in office astounding when I called Rashid Talib a domestic terrorist and I aligned it with a tweet that may or may not have come from an account that was fake. No one really knows. And I was written up in a national publication about that nearly lost my job over that too. Um, I meant it. People who go after Israel and people who go after my country, who are here to thwart and undermine my government and my liberty, you are hereby uh, designated as a domestic terrorist in, in the book of Monica. So that's what I said, and I caught a lot of flack for that. I, I wish that we would learn how to be passionate and how to place that passion in its proper context and path. Marjorie Green has people who love her all over the country, She's a massive following. Um, there's really no reason for her to go as uh, dirty as she did in some of her campaign tactics against some of her opponents. But nevertheless, she did, and she is where she is. But I just find it interesting that as the GOP, we distance ourselves from something that we think could give us the perception of being crazy or dirty. We don't want to get dirty. We are still walking five paces, kneeling and firing, and we are out in the middle of a field. We are fighting the Gettysburg battle right now again. If you haven't seen that movie, please watch it. If you have, watch it again. That's the battle we're fighting, and the left is in the bushes, behind the trees guerrilla warfare style. And we are literally standing here with our uh, muskets in our hands waiting to be shot between, uh, you know, in the forehead. But as long as we go down as gentlemen and ladies, it's just astounding. And I'm really not one of those fighters. Again, you, I, I, I'm all about hiding in the trees and guerrilla warfare. G-U-E-R-I-L-L-A. There's something to be learned from that. So at any rate, I'm done. I'm going back to eat my leftovers from last night and my spaghetti dinner that I talked about, which was freaking amazing. I'll be back tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow's my last day on the air for this week. I'll be back next week. But Monday through Thursday, you can hear my voice. You can hang out with me. I love taking my callers. Yesterday, we'll be back. We'll do we'll do that again. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. So stay tuned to Twitter and Facebook. I'll put up my phone number again. Call in. Give us a chat. And I see how you guys are doing before the weekend. I love to hear from you. Love to hear your voices. Love to hear your hearts and your minds. As always. All right. Be good to your neighbor. Beginning where in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. I guess you got what you came for.